Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Elissa Branch, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's episode of Woman of Influence features an interview with Chrissy Schwartz, the Chief Accounting Officer at Opendoor. Chrissy joined us on the show to talk about her experience as a woman in the industry and how she found herself leading Opendoor's going public last year with an entirely remote team. But before you listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Regora's appraisal platform connects lenders to their appraisal vendors with unprecedented efficiency and scalability. Smart automations, powerful integrations, and unique workflows help Regora's customers quickly scale up or down with demand, while simultaneously driving faster, easier, and more transparent appraisals. Integrating deeply with your LOS and POS, Regora delivers the right data and documentation to the right people at the right time, reducing double work for your team. Learn more at Regora.com. That's R-E-G-G-O-R-A dot com. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Welcome back to another segment of Housing Wire's Woman of Influence. I'm Alison Lloyd, Housing Wire's Digital Media Manager, and I'm joined with Christy Schwartz, the Chief Accounting Officer at Open Door. Thank you so much for joining us today, Christy. Thank you, Alison. It's great to be here. Of course. So can you share your background with our audience? It's always interesting to discover how people end up in this industry. Sure. Uh, so I started my career in fall 2000 as an auditor at Ernst & Young. Uh, and fall 2000 was a really interesting time in the Bay Area. It was kind of the start of the dot-com bust. <laughs> and it was also a year before the Enron scandal and Arthur Anderson collapsed. So it was a very interesting time to be in public accounting. Uh, and then five years after being at Ernst & Young, I moved over to Huron Consulting to do forensic accounting, which is working on investigations and restatements and super fascinating work that included travel all over the place, Philippines, New York, Seattle. Um, after 10 years of doing client service at Ernst & Young in Huron, I joined a company called Yodely, which is a software company down in Redwood Shores. And that's where my career really started to evolve to what it is now. I started there as a senior manager of accounting, then I moved into the director of revenue role, and I even spent two years in pricing and deal modeling and like explaining our deals to customers. And when Yodely IPO'd in 2014, it was about two weeks before I went out on my second maternity leave. And when I got back, um, shortly after I got back, I think it was about two weeks, I was promoted to the controller. Um, And so my career kind of took a long path at Yodely and a lot of great experiences. Uh, Shortly after I was promoted, the company was then sold to InvestNet, and I was part of the whole diligence and integration process. But, you know, to answer your question about how I got where I am now, it was around that time where I started thinking about, okay, well, what's next? It was kind of a natural breaking point, but I was in no hurry. And so I had the advantage of being able to really take my time to find something that I was really excited about. And I talked to all sorts of companies, small startups, public companies, companies in various industries. And I kind of started to build out my list of what was really important to me. Uh, And so I really wanted to go to a real startup. I thought that was going to be a lot of fun. And I wanted to be like in the first hundred employees. 
I wanted it to be a startup that was really trying to do something big and it was going to be disruptive and maybe change an industry. And I also wanted it to be a product that I'm actually personally passionate about. And so after a year, I found Open Door and I was really excited about it. It checked all my boxes, but I was particularly excited about the fact that it was in real estate. It wasn't really an industry I'd previously considered, but it's mm-hmm. an industry that's been a big part of my life. Like my mom owned um, apartment buildings and she self-managed them. And she kind of had always instilled in me a real value of home ownership and real estate investment. And so I was excited to be at a company that was really focused in that area. And I also had the opportunity to meet with Eric, Eric Wu, our CEO and founder. And when I met with him, his vision was super clear and super bold. And I thought, you know, this company is really swinging for the fences and I want to be a part of this. So that's why I joined in 2016. Wow. So full circle. So a bit of real estate, a bit of accounting, it all worked out for your position today at Open Door. Yeah, it sure did. And, you know, when I got there, my first mission was to kind of take all of the experience that I had garnered in my first 15 years and really apply it to the startup accounting team and build Mm -hmm. that out. And at the time when I joined, there was no imminent plan to go public, but I knew from my experience that it was never too early to start building. And I'm glad I did because when we finally went public, it was really fast, a lot faster than I expected. Yeah, that's super fast. And that's exactly why we want to discuss you today and your role. Um, We're here to discuss how you became a woman of influence. So to start off, um, you already talked a little bit about your role, but I'd like to dive deeper. As the corporate controller and chief accounting officer at Open Door, you've played a vital role in developing the company's accounting team. In fact, you were essential, as you mentioned earlier, in transforming Open Door as they moved into a public company. So can you talk about what the process entailed and how you led your team during this transition? Yeah, absolutely. So it was July 2020. So keep in mind, this is really early in the pandemic. And things were kind of quiet. And our CFO called me one day and said, hey, you know, we're going to go public via SPAC and we want to be done before the end of the year. <laughs> so it's like five months away. And I'm like, OK. Um, but I said, you know, no problem. I'll get I'll get started right away. And I hung up the phone and I immediately Googled how to go public via stack because this was not a process I was familiar with yet. And it was still relatively obscure. And my Google search was not particularly helpful. But what was helpful was I started calling uh, some of my trusted advisors and I found a team at Ernst & Young who had done quite a few SPAC transactions. And so they were able to kind of supplement that experience for our team. Um, And so that was a really important and great find for us. And then, you know, we started working on this process. And I think, you know, people that aren't super familiar with the SPAC process, I like to explain it as it's an IPO and an acquisition all rolled into one and happening simultaneously. (laughs) So for the accounting and legal teams, It's definitely not easier than going public, but somehow it moves faster. Um, And, you know, it starts with the the two parties, the SPAC and the target company, which is Open Door in our case. They agree on pricing and terms, and then it kicks off like a due diligence process because it's a public company acquiring a company. So they have to do their diligence. Um, simultaneously, you're working on an investor deck that's kind of like an IPO roadshow because you're raising additional funds as you do the SPAC transaction that's called a pipe investment. And also simultaneously, you're preparing a document for the SEC called an S-4, which is really similar to the document you file during an IPO process. And it's a very robust document. It's a few hundred pages long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And so you're doing all these things in parallel. 
And the SEC ultimately approves the document. The shareholders ultimately approve the transaction. And that's when it ends. Um, and so it's it's a complex, fast moving and like kind of high stakes process. Um, it's exhausting. It's exciting. It's stressful. It's super rewarding. It's like many emotions all at once. And what was fascinating about it, too, is a lot of the process is done in secret because it's a very confidential transaction until it actually is announced publicly. So you can only leverage a small group of people to help. Um, and a lot of people that you're working with on a daily basis have no idea of what you're like actually going through in most of your day. Um, and so you asked about my leadership during the process. And like, to me, it was important to definitely like, you know, be in the boat and rowing with my team. It was, it was hard. And like, you know, if the team was working 15 hour days, I tried to work 16 hour days and yeah. I did my best to get us help where I could like through either external resources or shifting things around. And the, and the last thing I'll just say too, is that this is all happening via zoom and remotely. And that, you know, this is July, 2020. So it's still kind of new. And the idea that you could like take a company public without ever being in the same room as some of the most key people that you're working with was just like totally a foreign concept to me. Like I would have never imagined this was how we would go public. Um, and there are people that I worked with so closely that were super critical that I still have not met in person. But yeah, so it was just, it was a lot of communication, a lot of hard work, a lot of Zoom calls, um, but it was, it was a really exciting time. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. So I'd like to continue on your role. Um, I did some research and according to Catalyst, a nonprofit organization dedicated to accelerating inclusion for women in the workplace, data shows while women account for 61.7% of all accountants and auditors in the United States and compose of 50% of all full-time staff at CPA firms, they make up just 27% of partners and principals. Uh, that being said, Catalyst reports the percentage of women on management committees is growing as in 2019, it was 33% compared to 19% in 2014. Furthermore, uh, their data shows women now make up nearly half of all directors and senior managers. So my question for you is, as a woman in a senior financing role, what has your experience been like and how do you feel about the progression of women in the industry? Yeah, I've seen major evolutions over the past 20 years since I started. Uh, when I left Ernst & Young 16 years ago, there were only a handful of female partners that I was familiar with uh, in the Bay Area. And, and part of the reason I left was because there was an absence of role models for me. Like there were a lot of male partners who had stay-at-home spouses who managed all things for the family and household. And then, you know, these partners were fully focused on their work and dedicated to the, the firm. And at 25 years old, when I left, and I thought about my future and my relationship with my future hypothetical kids, <laughs> that, mm -hmm. just, that wasn't what I envisioned. Um, but, you know, here 16 years later, I can tell you that my experience is dramatically different from then. Um, and I've seen it with the partners I work with at the big four now, too. Um, and this was particularly noticeable during this back process. Like, our general counsel, two of the senior partners from Latham and Watkins that we are working with, our lead Deloitte audit partner, our CFO and me are all women. Um, and then after we went public, our, our accounting audit committee chair is also a woman. And so there were many times that we were on like really critical Zoom calls where all the leaders on the call were women. Um, and I'd take screenshots of like <laughs> of the Zoom call and I'd be like, this is crazy. Um, and it was striking to all of us because we all had a shared perspective that this was very different from when each of us had started our careers. Uh, and so it's mm -hmm. definitely, it's definitely evolving and it has been really 
really wonderful to work for a really amazing female CFO, Carrie Wheeler. Uh, she is just, she is sharp and inspiring. She always knows the right thing to say in the moment. She's an amazing listener. She gives me tons of opportunities and she um, is really supportive and she has three children and is incredibly relatable. Um, And, you know, the one thing like the one thing that was different in working with her was during the SPAC process, there would be times where she would ask me to present things to the board that she could have absolutely presented herself, but she asked me to present them. And I mentioned that to her later. Like I just said, Hey, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to present to the board. And she's like, well, you were the best one to present it. Like this was your topic. Why wouldn't you have presented it? And it was different to me because in the past, the past CFOs I'd worked with, they'd oftentimes just take care of it, you know? And like to Carrie, it was like, well, of course you'd present it. And it really gave me, um, you know, a chance to challenge my communication and presentation skills. It gave me added exposure to our most senior leaders. It allowed me to establish credibility at a new level. And I think, you know, it's part of the, I think it's part of the reason that I was able to get the promotion I got too, because she would just kind of open doors and give me an opportunity to, to succeed. And, and I could take that, you know, that's, that's amazing. I think, um, every woman or anybody in the, uh, in the industry or the market needs somebody that's looking out for them or somebody that cares that much about uh, their work. So that's amazing to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for answering all of my questions today. But before we wrap, um, do you have any advice to offer to other women who aspire to your level of success? You mentioned how you were helped by other women in the industry. So I would love to hear any advice you have to any other woman. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd say this is this is advice to, to almost anyone, I think, <laughs> not just women. Um, but I think one, it's surrounding yourself. You know, if you really want to succeed and move in your career, I think surrounding yourself with smart and motivated people who also want to like move in their career is really um, advantageous. When I went to Open Door, I was nervous that it was going to be a lot of work and it was going to be really challenging and really hard. And my husband pointed out that he's like, as long as I've known you, you always work hard, regardless of what environment you're in. So Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be better to be surrounded by people who are also motivated and working really hard than to be like the outlier? And I was like, all right, you have a point there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it made made me less afraid of like going to an environment where we're going to be working hard. And then speaking of my husband, I think having a partner who's not only supportive of my career, but really proud of and inspired by it has been really helpful. Um, He has a challenging career of his own, but when things got really exciting and challenging at Open Door last year during the SPAC process, and even as a new public company, he took it upon himself to just cover more of the household and family responsibilities. And so we just have a a really good partnership where we're constantly supporting each other and juggling um, responsibilities so that we both can be successful. Um, my other advice that I I really love and I tell people, um, that are kind of moving up in their careers is to make sure you're hiring to your weaknesses and that you know what your weaknesses are. Um, you know, so for me, it's, it's technical accounting is one area that I'm not super deep in. And, you know, early at Open Door, I hired someone who's really strong in technical accounting. Um, but things like that, like not being afraid to hire people that are better or know more about a certain topic than you do. Um, and just like, you know, to build, to build your team with really great people and to develop those people because the stronger they become, the more you can take on new challenges. I'd also say, you know, work for people who will challenge you and give you opportunities and then don't be afraid to take those opportunities. There were a lot of times in my career where I was given a, a challenge or a role that was unfamiliar or outside of my existing skill set. And I think every single time, like it's always been a really 
really career developing moment where I like took on this new this new role that really wasn't something that I had planned or had expected. Um, but I, I kind of took it on or brought it into my skill set and just it's helped around me out over the years. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, that was some really good advice. Um, definitely some advice that's gonna I'm gonna use as well too. So I wanna thank you for answering all of our questions today. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Well, listeners, join us back here tomorrow for some more amazing interviews. Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwarrant.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.